0: Welcome
1: to the All the Books show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles.
0: I'm Nick Gunning. This is episode 263. Yeah, you forgot to say that. I forgot about the number. That's all right. Yeah. It's
1: getting, it's getting high up there. Now, I know, it really there's is. There's just too many numbers.
0: At this point, we should probably just start being like, another one.
1: Yeah, You yeah. know,
0: And just leave it at that, I
1: think. Yeah. Or we Probably start labeling it like uh, James Patterson starts has labeled his new series. Yeah, yeah. First
0: podcast, second yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that just goes back to the same problem of me having too many numbers now.
0: I guess that's true. So, yeah, you're right. A
1: three digits is too much. What yeah. happens when we hit four? I don't four know. Four digits.
0: All right. Uh, shall we roll into a little bookmark?
1: Yeah. Man, if I knew that song rolled to me yeah. very well, you can bet I would have done that. I'm surprised you
0: didn't even not knowing it very well, Yeah. if I'm being well, perfectly fine. honest we, with you. We, we already have that song by Ben, so. That's true. That How can true. I compete with a Barbershop quartet of one? Well, you can't. That's uh, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. You know, I should mention that I'm recording from my office for the first time since March. Wow! So weird to be back. Weird to see your mic sitting here empty. Your headphones just laying there as a sad testament. Yeah. But yeah. that's uh, that's what's happening. Uh, what have you been reading? Anything good? Anything you lost. want to share? Uh, I'm still reading some of the Black Hammer stories. Okay. This Doctor Star
1: one was overdrive. The point is, they're on overdrive, and okay. they're on overdrive at the David A. Howe Public Library. They so sure are. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of them. So this is how I would definitely recommend finding them at the moment, because. It's a simple story given way too many uh, other series. But Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows is pretty self-contained. It's only four issues, and it's pretty sad. It, it, I think it's the strongest of the outside series. Influenced by the Starman series from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. That's a series I've been meaning to get around to. Um, <laughs> and a little bit of Green Lantern. In okay, there that's well. fine. i like me some Green yeah. Lantern reading uh, the fifth book of The Wheel of Time. I also watched a documentary, Comic book Confidential. It came oh. out in the late 80s. It's this kind of quirky trippy documentary on the history of comics in general, not just like comic book superheroes like Stanley and Jack Kirby and Will Eisner are in there for like little bits, but it really goes from like the beginning to the 80s and a lot of underground indie comics. Uh, so stuff like Zippy and uh, all these other, like, comics that you had to, I don't know, be following the underground comic book scene to, mm. the, you know, American Splendor gets a, a bit of stuff. It ends with Frank Miller talking about how he's writing The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's just kind of an interesting documentary on the medium. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I learned some stuff. It was cool seeing Jack Kirby talk. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be cool. Will Eisner talking about like writing the spirit and everything. Uh-huh. Stan Lee's interview. 100% what you've heard. Stan in late, Brand, even on yeah. the even in the late 80s, it was still like I was planning to leave Marvel anyway. So, you know, I figured why not do this type of story that I want to do. And so and that's how Fantastic 4 was done. and then, you know, there I am and I'm and I I always said that I'm uh I'm waiting for my life to begin and I still am. But, you know, it's a little bit easier these days knowing that a uh, Spider-Man's out there.
0: I can't tell if you're doing Stan Lee or Al Pacino. A little I, of both. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. He's crawling on walls! <laughs> All right, let's see. What did I do? Let's Four see.
1: mechanical arms? You run. <laughs> Goblin glider? You charge.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, I would watch that documentary if it was... <laughs> I mean, Pacino has done some work in biopics. He played Phil Spector not too long ago, so, like, why not play Stan Lee? I'd watch it. <laughs> Jesus. I finished some stuff. I finished The Legend of Luke Skywalker, the manga, from our uh, YA graphics section. Technically, our YA manga section. Uh, yeah. It was fine. It was good, not great. You know, it, the premise is like it's it's legendary stories of Luke Skywalker. So the point is they like get major things wrong and the story unfolds differently. Only one in there did I really like. It was one about uh, Luke Skywalker and a droid uh, rebellion, which was actually pretty good. And it kind of merged Luke Skywalker and C three PO in a weird way that I thought worked pretty well. But hmm. overall, you know, it was uh, interesting but not great okay i read marvel masterworks black panther volume one so this is black panther had been around you know in other fantastic four and avengers and that sort of thing this was the first place where he really got his own uh his own spotlight not his own title it was still called jungle action uh and it felt much more like a conan or a tarzan kind of title yeah. uh interesting though it was interesting to read i i had started with the jack kirby stuff and it was it was just too confusing so i went back a little mm-hmm. earlier uh, but I'm going to pick back up with the Jack Kirby Black Panther. Okay. I read Quantum Leap, Mirror's Edge by Carol Davis. This is the final Quantum Leap uh, book. So there's about, I want to say, 20 of these Quantum Leap novels. And they're pretty good, actually. Like, overall, they're they're pretty strong. This was billed as, like, the final Quantum Leap adventure. And I was hoping that it would, I don't know, be a little bit more satisfying than the series was. Because the series was canceled and they had to kind of go and change some things in the final episode with uh, with some, like, text on the screen explaining what would have happened. And it was very disappointing. Uh, but, the, but the book kind of held to that and just dovetailed in with the novel. So a little disappointed, but it's also the end of an era. I've been reading yeah. these Quantum Leap novels since, like, high school, and this was mm-hmm. the last one, so. Do you have any more... Uh... Secret World of Alex Max books you can read. I do have a couple. I do. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do. Uh, I read a little bit in the uh, Twilight realm, but I'm not going to talk about it now because we're going to have special guest and Twihard fan, uh, Kendra Mickles. (laughs) Twihard? Did you come up with that? Do you like it? (laughs) I think I've heard it before. (laughs) Anyway, Kendra's going to be joining us. Oh, I'm just a little (laughs) Twihard. She's going to be joining us in episode two sixty four because she just read Midnight Sun. As well, as let me tell you. I know. Well, let her I, tell. Let her tell. I've been
1: given a uh, a no mockery mandate. That it's there's no mockery allowed at this moment. She's too into the world of Twilight at this moment to allow any mockery, it,
0: movies or anything. So I just have to like contain it or save it for. How cool is she going to be with me bringing up the troubling messaging of the Twilight franchise? I don't know. Probably fine. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> I did a I'm, meme. So, I did a meme about Midnight Sun without reading it. It's gotten some play. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Oh. I'm currently reading uh, Oath of Office. This is a Jack Ryan novel. It's it's super long, so I'm going back and forth between the uh, the paperback and the uh, Overdrive Libby uh, audiobook. Uh, did you say back and forth or back and ford? Ah, I said back and, and forth. Sl- oh, okay. I said back and forth. It was obvious. <laughs> I'm also reading *Last Best Hope* by Una McCormick. This is the first of the Star Trek Picard books. Ah, yeah. Uh, my Star Trek Star Wars book club just hit its two-year anniversary, so mm-hmm. uh, we're reading this Picard book. What's so the What's should... the uh, What's the traditional two-year gift you give for a book club? Uh, we read another Star Trek book. Oh, okay. I thought it was linen. This will be our 35th book. Mm-hmm. 35 books in two years. I think is uh, yep. that's an accomplishment that you know. Put well, that, me and put my, that on uh, my tombstone.
1: Me and my football book club are gonna come out and uh, knock the books out of your hands you and push your not. glasses. At the you mud. better not. <laughs> What's up, Star Wars book club nerds?
0: I watched read books about football. Nineteen Seventies <laughs> <1970s> Steelers <laughs> or something. <70. laughs> I watched The High Note with uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and Dakota Johnson. Uh, it was good. It was a good movie. It was about Tracy Ellis Ross plays uh, a a singer who's you know over forty and has just been on like sort of a Almost like a nostalgia tour, and they're trying to get her to do a residency in oh, Vegas. Yes. and Dakota Johnson is like, "No, let's do new albums. let's like let's do this." And so it's kind of like the back and forth with that. Uh, very funny, very good. Uh, so I would recommend that. give it a shot. I also very wanted funny, to mention. Very well. No, that's it's grammatically hate, wrong. Right. Oh, that's oh hey, Bill, Bill Pullman's in it now. He I know is. You yeah, watch. Bill Pullman. I didn't know that. He shows up at the end, but it was classic Bill Pullman, so that was fun. <laughs> Finished the Lost World in Lego format. Uh, ah, for the yeah. Jurassic World thing, yep. and uh, you know what's funny? You know how I always like make fun of that movie because the you boat sure shows do. up with just the T Rex and no crew. Yes. Like somehow sure. he's he's gone yeah. into all the tiny cabins and killed them. Yep. In the game. Uh the the Julianne Moore character, Sarah, I wanna say is her name. Sarah, yeah. Sarah
1: Harding
0: Sarah and Malcolm go on the boat and all the crew is there and they're like, Oh, these must be pirates trying to steal and so Malcolm and Sarah fight off the whole crew and that's how they're like their little like wink to explaining what happened to the crew. But it was a fun game and driving through the city with the baby dinosaur in the little Lego car while the giant dinosaur chases you was good times. Good times yeah, you don't all have around. to tell me You'll be happy to know that I'm now playing as William H. Macy through Jurassic Park 3. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's it for me, bookmark wise. You want to do a little book news? You want to tell me what's on the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, let's do that. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news.
1: Number 10, Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. Where'd she go? Uh, No. Has that been here before? Uh, I think that's up. That's circling back around, I think. Yeah, yeah, ten years after her daughter disappears, a woman tries to get her life in order, but remains haunted by unanswered questions. Spooky. Number nine, First Case by James Patterson and oh, Chris Stevens. Sure. After getting kicked out of MIT, Angela Hoot interns with the FBI and tracks the murderous siblings known as the Poet and the Engineer. I guess I would have gone with Hoot
0: as the title instead of yeah. First Case. Yeah, and this uh, is, also, so this is about an owl that solves crimes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you, Angela you give a hoot. hoot.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Look! Look at that. Look at
0: all the title options you'd have yeah. if you went yeah. with Hoot. Wow. Yeah. Hanging with Mister Hooter. Mm, I don't think like that. Mister well, Hooper? Yeah. Like it's Mister Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Um, there was Hooper? a Hooper was a uh, a Burt Reynolds movie. Oh. Okay. So. Uh, first
1: case. James Patterson at number nine. That seems in three weeks. Mm. That seems not great for a Patterson book. Yeah. Uh, number 8, The Order by Daniel Silva, the 20th book of the Gabriel Allen series. Uh, number 7, 28 summers, Ellen Hildebrand, a relationship that started in 1993 between Mallory and Jake, comes to light while she is on her deathbed and his wife runs for president.
0: Is it just Mallory? You always say Mallory. Like, that's a name. Is it just Mallory? Yeah, it's Mallory. Okay. I said Mallory. You say Malloroy every time, and I like it. Huh. I mean, it sounds like a Game of Thrones character. Yeah. I Rather than just a human person, but. Blade I do like it.
1: So. Uh, number six, The Guest List. You know, I watched eight seasons of Game of Thrones. That was the best fake Game of
0: Thrones name I could come up I with. I guess so. Well, Black you're still.
1: Blade Starman?
0: <laughs> you're still grieving from the end of the series.
1: Uh, number six, The Guest List by Lucy Folly. Uh, a wedding between a TV star and a magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland turns deadly. My wife has this book right now, but she, Midnight Sun, stole her life. Yeah. Number five, The Vanishing Half by Brit Bennett. The lives of twin sisters who run away from the southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes a different racial identity, but their fates intertwine. Number four, new this week, Private Cathedral. Oh, that would be nice. Have your yeah. own cathedral. Your own private cathedral. Uh, yeah. You don't even have to yell sanctuary in there. You're like, I'm, no, this is, you I'm just it. here. You're there. Uh, this is the Dave Rubishaw series. Oh, Rival Louisiana crime families and a time-traveling superhuman assassin. <gasps> Whoa. Char's personal demons. I guess I could not have guessed what this series was about. Uh, number three, The Midwife Murders. Uh, James Patterson and Richard delay You know, I just chopped his uh no i didn't chop what i i busted his chops
0: uh, uh or
1: chopped his busted yeah you chopped his, uh what busted okay his bust look the point is he's got two here so if one's at ninth place he's still doing okay uh a single mom teams up with an nypd detective to solve a case involving misdeeds at a universal hospital a university hospital not a universal hospital we don't have those here no. uh number two chopping <laughs> water by Stuart woods Oh, uh, 54th Book of Stone Barrington.
0: That's Things where get... every woman he meets needs him to rescue her, and then they need to sleep together. Choppy water? That's the, that's the Stuart Woods playbook. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. Things get rough for Stone as he goes after criminals in New York City and Key West. It, his, his cover's getting a bit Clive Cussler here. He's in, like, a sailboat during a thunderstorm with lightning in the background.
0: Ooh, saucy.
1: Uh, number one is Where the dad's Sing. I, I, I mean, if you don't know what this is about, yeah. Do I have to say it? Don't and tell. All him. this time I've been complaining about it. Now, right here, I could have explained it. So now, now I've got this like time sunk loss thing yeah, going on. So true. I can't, I can't even explain it. I have to come up with something else. But yeah. what is the crowd saying is at number one, a
0: hundred and one weeks on the list. A good, uh, happy book clubbing. Good long haul. Happy Zoom clubbing. I think you should have to read the book. Me? Yeah.
1: Crawdads, I didn't even sign up for the book. <laughs> it's, it's
0: only fair that you have to read it, though, I think, because everybody else did, and you got out of it somehow. Listen, when so. everybody else was reading,
1: uh, I, I read, what was it, the train book, Choo Choo Trains Murders, the Choo Choo Train Murders. The Girl on the Train? Girl on the Train. I read The Girl on the Train because everybody was
0: reading it, and uh, that was the biggest mistake of my life. I think the uh, Choo Choo Train Murders was like an Ernie and Bert mystery, Yes. Yeah. On Sesame
1: Street. Yeah. Yeah. Who would do this to Snuffleupagus? Yeah. So many pieces. Yeah. So many overhead (laughs) compartments filled.
0: Yep. Yep. You got it. I'll go. I'll go console Big Bird. (laughs) You find this S O B. Oh my gosh. Uh, It wasn't
1: me. It was Super Grover.
0: You know what? In case this running multiple
1: personalities. Right here, if you ask me, Mr. Hooper, I've got a there Ses- was Mr. Hooper. It was Sesame Street. There it was. You got it. You found it. I just had to make Sesame Street super dark, for a second. I guess
0: you. Yeah, and then you then you reached into the depths and you found who Mr. Hooper you was.
1: Have gone after falling down so many stairs.
0: <laughs> Our topic today is books finished in one setting, and to stick with Sesame Street, a uh, Facebook user Jeff says the monster at the end of this book starring lovable furry old Grover. So quite an accomplishment, Jeff. Thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. But this is a topic... Yeah, I know to Jeff could be very young. Maybe he could be. Maybe he could be. Uh, he's not, but maybe he could be. Um, this is a topic that you and I have been talking about doing for years. So much we're so that when, so when I was like, do you want to finally do that? You were like, I think we did that. I was like, no, we didn't. Uh, so certain we had already. We hadn't. And you know what? It's one of our more popular like uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter polls. Uh, We got a lot of responses, so I want to try to get some of the user responses on this. Get them in. But let me. So let me just give you a few right off the top. Facebook user Carrie says, "Gone Girl." Um, I didn't do Gone Girl in one day, but uh, I get it. It was a very compelling book. A great, great audio book. Uh, Also, one day. Yeah, I did too. Good point. (laughs) Uh, Also on Facebook, Christy says, "The Hunger Games." Another good call. Mm. Another good call. Yeah. Uh, Roxanne says The Wives uh, by Taryn Fisher. Mm. Uh, regular guest correspondent of the All the Books show, Stephen, my brother, says The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Uh, yeah, so lots, a, lots of. A little oh, bit oh, here longer
1: of a book, too, than you, uh, you think. You think because it's as, yeah. as old as it is, it might be more of a short story, but no, yeah. it's, uh, it's decently.
0: Another regular guest to the show and uh, annual nutcracker, Mr. Bo Hutchings, known smartmouth, says If you give a mouse a cookie says he just couldn't put it down boy so boy, yeah let's remember that
1: come christmas a lot of
0: jokers a lot of jokers on here we'll give him the whole if you give him a cookie series to read for christmas Yeah. yeah we'll see how he does with that yeah there is a christmas one there is a christmas one so maybe maybe that's what he should do uh eric give me one of yours what's something you remember all right i i think the biggest book that like i read in one
1: sitting was uh robopocalypse by oh, Dan Pinkerson. Okay. Yeah, I remember. It, it was a book I had part. been given for Christmas, and I think it was a day off that I had from work. And I think I was kind of like in a weird, emotional, bad place at the time as well. Wait, you so, were?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I was. Um, I, I just like that morning. I just started reading it, and it it came across as very. Crichton-inspired, very Michael Crichton-inspired. Oh, yes. And it's storytelling. It was also telling, like, the, you know, man versus machine. It was doing it like the origin, the beginning of this, like, AI taking over, and then, like, the fights. And it was kind of doing it like this fake history book that World War Z did, but without, like, the retrospection. So you're still... Uh, it, it all feels like this had already happened, but it, we're not sure how the outcome will be. Yeah, and I couldn't put it down. And I think every now and then. I'm like, I should put it down. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to keep reading. What I'm else am gonna, I doing today? I'm just going to go through um, it. And it's funny, because yes, Dan Wilson then later wrote the Andromeda Evolution Yeah, uh, that's right. Sequel. So his uh, his Crichton influence must have been noticed by a few. I guess so. Were um, you? I can't
0: remember. Did you like that book? It was just weird. It was yeah. just such a weird thing. Because Crichton's Some, like a character in it, right? He, he Michael Crichton, the
1: Andromeda strain, is treated as uh like the the report yeah okay. on what happened there. Right. So like if you remember the report of the Andromeda Strain written by Michael Crichton. Uh but it's just it's just a weird way to go. It felt weird. I thought Apocalypse. it just is one of those things where it was a thriller, it was a sci fi thriller and uh Every chapter ended, it's like, well, I've got, an, I've got room for another chapter. And then before you know it's like, well, I guess I better just finish these last 20 pages. Otherwise, what have I been doing all day?
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Over on Twitter, Megan says uh, many, but the last one was Daisy Jones and the Six, which I totally get. I, I read that maybe in two sittings, but that was another one that I was just pounding through. Mm. So,
1: Yeah, I can get that because I was more than halfway away from finishing it the second day I picked it up. Yeah. But I just decided to, like, keep going that night and finish. Yeah, so that was a two-sitting book for me, but I can definitely see why that's a first-sitting thing. I think the characters are
0: obnoxious, but I get why it's a yeah, first-sitting thing. Yeah, that book hurt you. Um, one of the earliest ones I did was The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Albom. So mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, and I've, actually, I've enjoyed most of the books by Mitch Albom that I've read. But Five People You Meet in Heaven was one that I picked up and just uh, couldn't put down. I just pounded right through it. Uh-huh. And that was one that was echoed uh, in our Facebook poll by user Joy, who says, Five People You Meet in Heaven, and she said, also the sequel. So both were good. The sequel, I remember kind of surprising me. I didn't really, uh, I wasn't expecting to, to like that one as much as I did, because it's kind of like you don't need a sequel to that book. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree. That first book, Five People You Meet in Heaven, was one that I just sat down and pounded through. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Uh, I Am Legend by Richard
1: Matheson, which isn't too much of a brag. It's kind of a... Uh, uh, it's a, it's a longer of his short stories, but it takes up most of the, the book. But, yeah, I could not put the book down. It was this... Uh, it's just the story of this guy being the last man alive in a world of vampires, but he starts kind of, like, figuring out how the vampires exist and why his methods have killed them and he, all these other twists. And then, uh, yeah, it's just this this dark really interesting story that uh is is very good and yes when i first read it i just
0: couldn't stop reading it so. i like both of them i haven't read the book but i like both the movies the the charlton heston and the will smith versions. oh mega man yeah yeah mega yeah. man is trippy it, it is weird very thing
1: apparently it's tim burton's favorite film
0: oh, okay he uh, says
1: every time it's on he just can't he can't turn
0: it on. it's he really just has good to finish yeah it is good it's it is it's bizarre though you're right coincidentally i also have a richard matheson on my list Ah, uh, like ten years ago, you and I went to see Real Steel together in theaters. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I do. You, know, I like, owned you it were on you were really excited to see it, and I was kind of uh-huh. like, yeah, whatever, a robot yeah, boxing I Jack movie. You in know, a robot boxing movie. I, I know, I but then I loved it. it. Yeah. Well, but then I loved the movie, and we yes. went to the Walmart next door, and they had the uh, short That's story true. collection Steel, yeah. Yeah. with that had the original short story and a bunch of other things, and I just picked it up. Man, but, I don't know what your situation was like growing up, but the, a
1: movie theater... During my, like, late teens, the movie theater we went to was part of a strip mall, and there was a Borders right next door. Nice. So when it was like, go get the soundtrack or the book, yeah. you, just, you just walk yeah. over, grab it, and then leave. That's handy. So.
0: Yeah, but we walked over to the Walmart, and I picked up the yeah. short story collection, mm-hmm. and one day I picked it up, and I was just going to read a couple, and I just remember, like, sitting in a chair and reading it from start to finish. I just couldn't put it down. Yeah. It was so good. It was like... And it's not it's hard to pin down a theme on that one as well because the steel the short story that, that Real Steel is based on is very different from from mm-hmm. the movie that you see. Um, and it was just this mix <laughs> of just kind of like unusual stories. Some were hard sci-fi, some mm. were more like thought provoking, almost Twilight Zony. Um, but I just felt like it was, it was a really compelling and in some places really moving collection. So I know we have that here. You can check it out from our sci-fi collection, but that's Steel by Richard Matheson, one of my favorites. I have it
1: on one of these shelves. It must be in my bedroom shelf where I keep all my like sci-fi books I haven't read yet. Yeah. As a reminder, every day I wake up and like, oh, hey, sci-fi books. And then I whistle out the door and, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh... The Offspring. We'll say The Offspring is playing in the background. That got away from you for a minute. Yeah, I couldn't remember The Offspring's name. I was was real worried about you. Yeah, improv is hard. Yeah, I know.
0: I understand. (laughs) I understand.
1: Another one you want to share? One day, I was in the airport waiting for my flight, and I had a long way to go, and I wanted to reread uh, Animal Farm, because I had read it as a kid in school, Okay. and so I had the book with me, and I was going to take it with me on the trip, but my plane was going to take way too long, so I just sat down and read Animal Farm. Oh, okay. But I remember liking it as a kid, and then I couldn't, I just couldn't stop reading it, and it helped that, you know, my flight was, like, another, like, three hours away or something, Yeah. but just sitting there reading it in one sitting, really, you, you get up and you see the, uh, the airport restaurant charging you $11 for a sandwich and you're just, and just, you're holding animal farm. You're looking around at the crowds and you're like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, animal farm is great. It's one of my favorites, but I almost couldn't imagine now not reading it in one sitting because mm. it just keeps flowing. It just yeah. keeps getting worse and worse. And yeah. Oh, I dare, I say snowballing. Oh, <laughs> the pig's name is snowball. No, I
0: got it. I got okay. it. That's a good reminder too, that we're doing 1984 as part of our band books. Uh, book club Um, i thought you were saying we were doing 1984 as 2020 (laughs) well it's funny because i picked 1984 last year i put it on the schedule last year but now it's like well what else could we read of course we have to
1: yeah well fun fact about 1984 you could have read it in 2019
0: or uh anytime (laughs) (laughs) that is fun
1: yeah 1984 is great
0: The the next one I want to share is one that I read basically out of necessity in one setting. Oh yeah, I read it on a, on a like a midnight train to Georgia. To Georgia, <gasps> <gasps> no, uh, I, from Buffalo to Chicago when Buffalo I was in college.
1: proved too hard for the man.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Um, no, I was on this I was on this overnight train and it was completely packed and so I was I had to share cool. a seat on the train and I did not have much of the seat. I was kind of dangling off the edge. Yeah. Couldn't sleep. Somebody had a dog. It was uh, it was kind of a hellish journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was I borrowed an MP3 player from a friend of mine, and it had the weirdest collection of songs on it. So I was listening to this bizarre mix of songs, uh-huh. reading Blood on the Vine by uh, Donald Bain, a murder she wrote book uh, that that took place at a vineyard, uh-huh. and it was just like that will forever be like tattooed on my brain over that trip because. I read that whole book, you know, in the middle of the night, being uh-huh. more uncomfortable than I've ever been. But uh-huh. then I got to Chicago and I walked around and I bought the Star Wars novel Vector Prime uh, <laughs> right there in, in uh, Chicago and then took a, a, just a two hour train to Michigan to visit my family for a couple of days. Hmm. So that was Blood on the Vine. Good book. Blood by the on the way. Vine. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was one of the better in the Murder She Wrote series, which, uh, you, know, you know, I'm in the bag for. Sure, sure. Yeah.
1: When I was in my, I was nineteen or twenty. A friend recommended me to read uh, Stephen Chabowski's *The Perks of Being a Wallflower*. Okay, and it was funny because uh, I I was over at their this house that night. Like they and all their friends were, or siblings were outside, like talking and stuff. But I had to go to bed because I had work the next day. But instead of going to bed, I just read through *The Perks of Being the Wallflower* in you know in one sitting. It's another one where like. Things seem like they're getting better and then they're starting to feel worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse. It was impossible for me to put it down at that time. I, I felt like because it was a weird part of my life where I was feeling slightly disconnected but also felt like maybe some of my life was Being, I don't know, I was in a weird place. But at the time, it was, like, connecting in a lot of weird ways. And I was at that right age where you can say stuff like, uh, this song is making me
0: feel infinite. And I'm like, yeah, that's what music makes you feel, man. Infinite. I think that's a book that's, like, rediscovered every couple of years. You know? And it, like, peaks in popularity and dies back down. I never watched the movie. I decided that, like, that story was a very time
1: and place story for me. And it's not one that I think I would relate to now. No, I...
0: I don't, I, I don't think the you. movie captures it. So. He, I don't think you would have been happy with the movie, yeah. so I think you made a wise choice. Have you read any Crichton in one setting? Because our uh, all the book show maestro Ben Lehman says that he read Timeline. Seven? Same. And pounded through it. Same.
1: Timeline, uh, really? You yeah, it...
0: It's very hard to put down. Wow. It's It
1: keeps the action going. Like, it has a lot of time travel explanation, which is kind of fascinating when you talking about quantum mechanics and all this stuff. And then once they, they travel back in time, it's just like, how are they going to get out? It's very hard to put down. I, I, I've said it before, but if it wasn't for Jurassic Park, this would be my favorite Crichton book. It, it borders on that like faux educational with like the, the medieval setting, but with like just all this crazy action with these three characters that you're following. They're all... Maybe a little better written than some of Crichton's other characters. Okay. But yeah, the whole concept is just done in this. Uh, I mean, he, he was, you know, kind of written off as like an airport author a lot of times. But like, to do that, you have to keep the chapters flowing. You yeah. have to keep the action flowing. You have to keep thinking, like, oh, what's going to happen next? I couldn't stop reading. I read it, and it was probably, like, getting pretty late by the time I finished it. It was another one that was like, oh, no, I've got work tomorrow.
0: I've told this so. story before, but when the movie timeline was out, I had a I had some friends in town. I was in college, and we were all like going to the movies. and We were just gonna kind of see what whatever was on. Yeah. Everybody wanted to see The Last Samurai, and yeah. I did not want to see The Last Samurai. And I successfully convinced people that we should see Timeline instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was not a group of people that left a the theater being happy with Nick. No. Let no. Me tell you. That
1: that was very that
0: they, it was they were f- all in the right. Fatal that, mistake. That, yeah, that you're I the made villain, that villain in that story. I, I lost a lot of friends over the film timeline, but because of that, I've just never, I've never read the book, yeah. and I, every time I go to pick it up, I'm just like, but that movie was so bad. Yeah, it's
1: horrible. The movie is atrocious. Yeah. But you know what I also say? There was one time when I was a kid, and I had, this, this is, is going to make me sound like a ridiculous person, whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading the second half of the first Jurassic Park book, uh, just locked in my room, and I have the South Park movie on loop. Like, I've just set the loop. It's an hour and a half uh, or however long it is. And I've just put it on loop because no movie is as funny to me at the time. And while that's on loop, so it must – I don't know how many times it played. I finished the first – the second half of Jurassic Park. And then I just picked up The Lost World and read the whole Lost World in one sitting. this I mean, this was like a reread of the of that series. But So I guess I could say I read one and a half Crichton books in one day as well. Okay. That counts. While South Park the movie was playing on in the
0: background. That is, that's a weird picture. That's a weird picture to see.
1: Well, I was 17, maybe 18. Okay.
0: A simpler time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see uh, look, pulling from listeners responses here uh, on Facebook Robin says I know where the cage bird sings that's a Maya Angelou collection
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and over on Twitter at Madonna Figura says several but room by Emma Donahue comes to mind Every time she says every time you try to put it down for the night something pulls you right back in so she mm-hmm. pounded right through it Yeah. let's see I mean I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about the Star Treks that I've read in one day mm-hmm. one is Q&A by Keith R.A. Candido uh, this was obviously a Q story. I wouldn't put it on the top of my list, but Keith R.A. Candido does some of the more thoughtful, engaging Star Trek books that I've read. But the mm-hmm. big one was The Endgame by Diane Carey. So as you know, Eric, all of my college friends and I watched Star Trek Voyager at midnight every night on UPN. But because it was in syndication, they never showed the final episode. It would just start over when you got to like the penultimate episode. And this was a time when, like, it wasn't on DVD. There was no way to, like, watch it online. It was just gone. And so I finally got my hands on the novelization of the final episode, Endgame, by Diane Carey. And this was after, like, years of having seen the whole sure. series and never, yeah. like, getting to see how it ended. So I yeah. consumed this. And was, uh, <laughs> it was rewarded with a pretty good story. And then yes. when I eventually did see it on screen, it was, it's a good. It's one of the best Star Trek finales, I think, that are out there. Hmm. Hmm. What else you got? I wanted to – I don't think it was Star Wars Lost Stars, but I did read Kenobi in,
1: Oh, okay. uh, in a yeah, day. I, I I couldn't uh, – that one – I think that was, like, the first modern Star Wars book I had read because okay. I had read the Thrawn trilogy, and I think this was, like, the only other Star Wars book I had read at the time. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, I got it from the library. I, I don't know if I got it, like, new or not, but it was just telling this, like – I mean – Every issue, I'm like, "Well, is he actually going to talk to? Uh, is he going to get in contact with uh, Qui Gon? Is he? Yeah. Is he going to get? How's he going to solve everything? What's happening? It, I, I don't know. It's a very contained story. It's this one moment in time with Kenobi. Yeah. But I just thought it was uh very cool. The the Western theme that I think a lot of people seen there, I don't really notice too much. Probably because I was more into the Kenobi. Oh, stuff, I felt but, like
0: very much. It was a Western. Yeah. yeah okay.
1: I got that vibe. Coming off, this was the first book I read after the Thrawn trilogy, and it kind of set a precedent of me like just picking up these like Star Wars books
0: as you know almost airport thrillers. Yeah, in some yeah. ways. I read a history book, Thirteen Days by RFK, Robert F. Kennedy. Oh wow! Um, I pounded through that. Boy, I've said that like eight times now. Yeah, I'm you have to sure go have. And cut that out. Yep. Um, but I just devoured that one because it's <laughs> all about the uh, the the Cuban Missile Crisis, and that's a very tense. Like anything can happen, sort of moment in history, yeah. and the writing Luckily was just the really X-Men strong. There, I know, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I knew how it ended, but still, something about it was just really gripping. So that that was one that I couldn't put down. I read a few Robert B. Parker's that way, but they kind of lend themselves to that because they're really mm, dynamic sure. in their, you know, this the sparse narration and the focus on dialogue. They lend themselves to quick readings. But Brimstone, uh, which is an Everett Hitch western, and Melancholy Baby, which is a Sonny Randall, uh, I read through both of those. And thats uh, I feel like reading the Parker books quickly is the way to do it, because they're very cinematic <laughs> in, in how they move. So right. that, that, that worked well for both of them, I think. Uh, my last one is kind of a... Well, it's not one, but I have a batch of, of ones that I read for a specific reason. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pull a couple other users. Do you want to pick one more to share?
1: I mean, I guess the YA book that springs to mind is the uh, Salt to the Sea by... Uh, the chapters are very short, and because she's switching between, like, four different characters, it just goes by faster than you think. Even though, like, the size of the book feels slightly intimidating at first, you, you realize, like, oh, I've read three-fourths of this book already. I mean, it's that disaster movie mentality where you know... Nothing good can happen as, as this goes on. So you're almost trying to read through it to get past the disaster. It, it's the whole reason, you know, like we still make Titanic movies and, you know, make Titanic <laughs> yeah. buffs. It's yeah. just like you can't look away even though you want to. That's a very successful young adult thriller while still getting a lot of uh, emotion in there. So okay. that's the one that
0: comes to mind. All right. On the YA train here, looking looking at some of our user feedback, uh, Facebook user Karen says Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uh, Steven says The City of Ember by uh, Jean Duproux. That's a great series. That, that first book is a particularly strong, but that's, that's a good one. Elsewhere, let's see, Sarah says Where the Crawdads Sing. Someone had to say it. And I get the, I get it because even though I have criticisms of that book, it does move. It is, it's compelling and it moves well, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. My last batch here all kind of fit together because they're authors that we were prepping an interview for. Playing with Fire by Tess Gerritsen. We interviewed her specifically about that one. The World Without End by Joe Haldeman, and The Goodbye Quilt by Susan Wiggs. Those are all ones that I was specifically reading, like on a deadline to uh, to try to get to try to get a bunch there, so we'd have things to talk about with the authors. But the most memorable one of that for me uh, would probably be the long sandy hair of Neptune Zamora by Mike Nesmith. You remember when we were we were getting set to do the Mike Nesmith interview. The <laughs> The turnaround time on that was really quick. Like we reached mm-hmm. out to his people, and they yes. got a response quickly, and they were like, "Yeah, he can do it this afternoon." And I was like, "It's like my book had just come in the mail." Yeah. So I, that was one where I like barricaded myself in my office. I had you uh-huh. cover my desk ships and I just sat down and was like, "Zoom, zoom, 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 yep. zoom." And Luckily, then we, you liked it though. I did, and we had that super in-depth interview about yes. it. And it was so fresh in my mind, you know. Yes, that, I don't like,
1: think anyone who's interviewed him about that book has ever had it
0: as fresh. I don't think so either. I mean, that was you, you, like your fingers were still bleeding from all the true. paper That cuts. was under the gun, so that was uh, <laughs> that was that one was both like invigorating and terrifying because it was like Mike Despitz is going to call and I still have a hundred pages, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, that that one's that one's yeah. uh, Nick was reading in tongues at memory. the moment, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, that that isn't because that's not a short book either. No. No, that so. was uh, that was a marathon to be yeah. sure.
1: <laughs> well, oh, proud of you, gosh. and yeah, it was like a it was a crazy good interview. Yeah. Um, so uh, you
0: know, your suffering was not. In it vain paid there. off. It paid yeah. off. Yeah, I remember because he he asked me some questions about the book too. Because you know he was like, "What was that guy's name?" And like, I had it. And I was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh! Thank goodness! Thank <laughs> goodness!" But yeah, yeah, that was a that was a very memorable experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I want to thank all of our uh, our listeners who gave us feedback for that. We didn't get through all of the responses, but we appreciate uh, your your responses and they're continuing yeah. to come in. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing them with us. Hey,
1: Ready Player 1 deserves an honorable mention for me by okay. Ernest Cline. I read it in 2 days and the only reason I didn't finish it in one sitting is because
0: I had to work. Did you see that they've officially said that Will Wheaton oh. is going to read Ready Player 2? Yeah, I well, know that he read was the first uh, one. I know you I'm over the Will Wheaton that. everything. Anyway, thanks again to everybody who participated in the poll. We like seeing all your responses. Thanks and you're it, the real books read in one day that's right yeah. that's right don't let anyone tell you differently exactly as far as library news i mentioned it earlier but for our banned books book club we're going to be reading 1984 uh and then we've got a couple of halloween books set for october with frankenstein and the oh, i always forget the title the elizabeth frankenstein ya book yeah. we're reading both yep. of those together the dark descent of elizabeth frankenstein that's right thank you i Kristen White. Speaking of Dark Descents, next week we're going to be joined by Kendra Mickles, co-host of the podcast 902 and Here We Go. We're going to be talking all about the Twilight series and Stephanie Myers, whether we like it or not. That's right. <laughs> Alright. I, think that's I haven't of, read any of them. I'll just say that right now. But you've enjoyed the riff tracks of the movies. Yes. You can't deny that. that. I can go. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. Go out there, read a book in one sitting, and report back. We'll see you next time. Bye. We did it. We did it.